family. Uh, happy Sunday. Uh, thanks for tuning into Church at Home. We're going to just take a few minutes uh, to talk with Jessica and Josiah Webster um, and my dad, Pat, here. Um, this is, it's so bizarre, but this is officially uh, Josiah and Jessica's last Sunday with us here on the Central Coast before they take off to Tennessee. Uh, if you haven't been tracking with sort of their journey over the last few months, I'll, I'll have them share briefly of, uh, of an update there. But our intention was to do a big celebration in person uh, at the Clark Center and then have a big party to send them off. They've been uh, faithful um, pillars in our church for 10 years now, almost 10 years. And so uh, this, is, this is a big, big loss for us, but we know it's a God thing. Um, the, they mean the world to us. And I think everybody who's watching that's been a part of our church in any capacity would say that they have personally uh, touched their lives and impacted their lives in a significant way. So um, this is so weird doing this on Zoom, but it's just where things are at. And Jessica, you said something earlier that I thought was, explain this really well. Would you just share that again? explaining about like doing this on zoom you know um <laughs> it's it, obviously we want to celebrate with our church family and the people who have poured into us for the last decade mm -hmm. but it's, it's kind of just the times you know it's yeah. it's not something we have to backtrack and say oh when they're back in six months or three months you know we'll celebrate that you know i just figure let's this is where we're at and we're all on the screens and you know we can see each other's faces and and it's okay it's it's kind of it's kind of momentous of 2020 and what we're all going through and yeah, god yeah. knew this was going to happen and so we don't have to backtrack and redo anything we're just very open and receptive this is god's plan and when he says go you got to go no matter if there's a pandemic or not mm -hmm. so and so josiah you you explained this during a message sort of the the journey but just a elevator pitch cliff notes version of you know kind of where you guys are at now and what's led up to this moment yeah so at the beginning uh the end of last year beginning of this year felt like transition was happening and i was stepping down from kind of the church ministry world stepping into more of a business role didn't really know what that meant had been looking for a job for almost two months and through kind of random god circumstance connected with a friend in tennessee that had an open position that seemed like it would be a good fit for me uh, i headed out the end of february so i've been there most of the time came back for a week and um, so we haven't really been together for a couple months and with the pandemic and everything that's going on, schools are closed, church isn't happening, you know, face to face. And so it didn't really make sense for our family to be apart any longer totally. than they had to be. And so we made the decision to move up our, our move date from the middle of June to today. <laughs> As you are watching this, we are probably somewhere in Arizona, hopefully, we're making a good time, <laughs> and um, so we're heading out there, um, so we love you all, and we will be back, um, I'll graduate in December, and we'll be back for the holidays, you know, all of our family is here, so you'll definitely see us again, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> great. I, I mean, I, I just wanted to go into, and just, it's, um, hard uh but 
the last de decade, we've really grown so much together. Um, the two of us, us with you guys in the church. And um, we just want to thank you, John and Lene and Pat and Terry. It's been um, life-changing to, to serve alongside. And life-changing is such an understatement. But I mean, really, I like our lives have been changed. Mm -hmm. We've learned and grown so much in the Lord. And really, when, when we came into what used to be Shouts of Grace, transitioned to Quippers, you know, it was like, we're, we're in this for the long haul, as long as God is having us here. And to be attached to people like you has just been, um, what's a word for it? I, I don't even know a word for it other than just life-changing. And so we just thank you so much. And we want to thank the board um, for just always being so supportive and, and you know, throughout, throughout 10 years, a lot changes in a family. A lot of things happen. We've had babies in between then, you know, raising our family and um, the support that we've had from you, you, you guys and the board and just our family too. I just want to recognize that it, whenever you've seen Josiah and I somewhere in iView, we have an incredible support in our family watching our kids. Aiden, Emmerich, and Sethi have been so loved through this process and to to say that we've been able to be involved in ministry and loving and serving people as long as we have can only, I mean, really, we've only really been able to do it with the help of a community, you know, also a church family, but just my parents, they've watched the kids every single Sunday for almost 10 years so that we could be serving and doing worship and, and speaking and, you know, being out middle, middle of the week, my sister, uh, Kristen and TJ and, her family, they've helped us so much, his parents. And, you know, um, I just want people to understand, like, it, it doesn't just take two people, you know, it's, it takes a whole family network to um, allow people, I guess, like us to just be able to serve and give and do. And so we just thank you so much. And um, I want to thank too, just the worship team, you know, I've, we've, I've been so blessed and honored. It's, I can honestly say like being a part of this worship team, it's funny because I was just, John remembering, he was like my right hand guitar guy. And it was just me and John a lot of times. <laughs> and Micah, we were just, you know, just go for it and worship. And who knew this is going to be looking like this now. And, you know, and now you're my, my, not only my brother, but my pastor. And so it's, it's such an honor, man. I, I, don't know what else to say other than that. And I just want to thank everybody who we served alongside. Yeah. Um, am I forgetting anybody? Oops. I don't think so. No, and I just, you know, like Jessica said, we want to thank John and Pat. And, you know, the more we travel, the more, you know, for myself being in a master's program in the last couple of years, talking to people from all over the country and the world and the leadership that they have, you know, I couldn't relate to a lot of the stories I heard because we had pastors that loved us That's and supported true. us yeah. and were always there and sought the best for their staff, sought the best for their church and their community. And so we were just incredibly humbled by that. And because of that, the church that we were a part of for 10 years is unlike any church we've ever been to. You know, we've traveled and we've seen and it's like, oh, this church is cool, but it's not home. And you guys, all of you at Equippers, we, we love you. Yeah. We're so appreciative for you. This 
was not in our plans at all. Nope. And we had no <laughs> desire to move, to leave. We were going to die here. We might, we still might. We <laughs> might come back. I hope so. God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> not soon, though. Not yeah. soon. Like, no, not soon. There's purpose in this. Yeah. yeah. There is. There is. Yeah. So I just want to thank everybody for their support and their love over these last 10 years and even these last couple months, just knowing everything was transitioning, the amount of support that we've had is beyond words. Mm. Awesome. Well, one thing uh, just briefly is that the, the comfort in it for us is we know, because we've talked through, prayed through with you guys, et cetera, that this is the will of God. And so in that, it's a, it's a great send off that we're excited. And I know uh, that the desires of your heart, the scenario you're going into line up with the things that you've talked about and prayed about in, in an exciting way where uh, it's just great feel to know that uh, God's leading and he mm. is answering your prayers. And I believe you're going to find great community there. Uh, I know that you're in a, a position of uh, influence in your job, Josiah, but I just believe that your calling, your leadership, your ministry gift, the grace on you for ministry is going to continue to grow. And yeah. you're going to just see the segue and the caveats here to, to bring things into fullness. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll always love you. We'll always be connected eternally. Oh, yeah. so. You can't get rid of us. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, likewise. So, and we love all the guys you're working with. So you're going, we, we know them, they're friends. They were in the church for a while. So it's exciting. It's, it's in kind of an extension out that direction. Yeah. So, yeah. Amen. Yeah. I, I don't have words to, uh, say, uh, entirely what you guys uh yeah what you mean to me and uh what you no one has extended more grace uh more encouragement john uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's gonna be awkward like th four days from now <laughs> <It's not> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're not going to edit it though. Um, <laughs> just the grace, the love, the support um, that you guys have continually extended towards me personally, towards our church. Yeah. Uh, you guys have gone to bat for people over and over and over. Uh, just uh, you guys are the real deal. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I know God will provide for us more yeah um and, and other people but uh he's set the standard really high uh, of what real leaders look like real parents look like mm. real christ followers look yeah. like and yeah. uh so thank you for for putting a standard of no compromise in our midst um because that that really is something that you guys have instilled in our whole team right is uh <clears throat> Like your kids said, follow Jesus. Don't hesitate. <laughs> uh, love him more than anything in this world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But I, I did want to say um, we, we want to support these guys and bless their socks off um, as we send them out. These are our family. This is my sister, my brother, uh, your brothers, your sisters, your sons, your daughter, your mother, your father um in your midst those who call equippers are home so uh we're, there's going to be a fund on our push pay account 
uh, Webster support fund um, just as, as they go. Um, they're going, you know, to a great new job and they're, the Lord's providing, but I just want them to feel so abundantly blessed by their family in this transition. Um, so, so please hop on there and give, and, and there'll also be a, a, a mailing address here on the screen. Uh, if you want to send cards or just give gifts directly to them, please feel free to do that. Send cards and, and gifts to that address. If not, uh, you can just go on push pay and, and select that fund and we'll make sure that gets to the Webster's um, promptly as they uh, journey across the United States on this new adventure. Um, but from the bottom of our hearts, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, just so our church knows we, we worked Jessica pretty hard last week and recorded a bunch of worship <laughs> and so she's still going to be leading worship on Sundays for for a few months <laughs> even though she's not here physically we're, we we've got plenty of recording of Jessica and uh, I look forward to their continued voice into our church no matter where they are um, I, I don't just pull on them because they're part of our team I, they're trusted voices Josiah is the one of the most profound prophetic teachers I've ever heard in my life. And uh, I know him and I have his numbers, so we're going to hear from him. <laughs> right. And uh, so thank you guys, dad, would you just kind of, and, and also uh, we're having a zoom meeting for other people to pray and prophesy over them. But if you have a prophetic word and just a prayer, um, you can s email that to us admin at Equipper central coast, or if you have their contact, just send that to them directly. Um, I'd love to surround them with just the, the prophetic encouragement support of their, their family here at home. But Dad, why don't you wrap us up? Father, thank you for our friends, our family that's uh, extending out towards Tennessee. And I thank you for their hearts. I thank you in our conversations that, that uh, heavenly tone, that resounding thing working in their spirits that we all know that we're pilgrims and strangers and that the life is to be about a journey it's an adventure it's the the call of abraham to go out and sometimes to a, a place that you know not and as they just go by faith believing this is the leading of your spirit i thank you that the covenant that abraham discovered and established uh, eternally will just unfold for them god and we, we just thank you for divine relationships, divine contacts, divine finance. Uh, God, that this is an ordained place of thriving. And so we bless them. We bless them in the, the finishing up of the details, in the travel, that you'll be in front of them, you'll be behind them, and, and that you'll surround them. And we, we thank you for that, God. We do. We, we pray that just for the boys and for their own hearts, that there would just be a settling. And I pray that the excitement would be greater than the sense of loss or the mm -hmm. sense of change, but the excitement, the anticipation of following you, living with you, uh, God will just uh, overwhelm them, overflow them. So we praise you. We bless you. Keep them safe in all things. And uh, we bless the business and the work that Josiah has put his hand to also. Thank you for uh, increase, God. Thank you for prospering them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're going to miss you guys yes. so much. All of you, everybody watching, you guys, we're going to miss you so much. It's just going to be so weird.
<laughs> what are we gonna do you know, I don't know and, and the crazy thing like i just want to sorry i know we closed prayer thank you so much. <laughs> but um you know like uh, it's funny how when you see people's families and like when you when you begin to really take like inventory of what you've been around like we, we love our kids so much and this whole transition is about our family unit and that really comes from fruit of being planted in a community and a church where family is valued first yeah. thing and mm. and that has catapulted and put our kids on our shoulders mm. so just so you know like the church is so um and i've learned this through through you guys like ch the church is such a force for the future and um i've really that's what i'm coming away with one of the biggest things i'm coming away with is that our kids get to go further and beyond and that's because of the church the family at large so we just love you guys we're just gonna miss you so much we love you guys so much <laughs> hey one, 1 p.m eastern time you can log on and be with us for the next yeah. couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> that's true we'll be on there. yeah cool but are, we're, we're believing you guys find great community and yeah yeah a place to serve and and really be a part of what god's doing because it's not just happening here on the central coast yeah. it's uh, all over our nation yeah so love you guys so much love you love too, you too. Yeah. hearing from you guys real soon. <laughs> Hi guys, and thanks for tuning in to Equippers Church at Home. I'm Whitney, I'm part of the staff here at Equippers Church, and we're so excited that you're joining us this morning. If it's your first time or if you've been with us forever, we encourage you to connect and engage with us on equipperscc.com connect, where one of our teams will get a hold of you and we can chat and talk. Um, right now, I want to get into a time of giving, but I just want to thank everyone for giving to the COVID-19 fund that we have going on here. I know so many have been blessed from that fund, and so many are going to be blessed from that fund. So thank you, thank you, thank you for just all your generosity. I know it's so appreciated, and um, God just smiles on that. Um, I want to read a verse from Isaiah 60, which I love, and it says, Get out of bed, Jerusalem. Wake up. Put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. The whole earth is wrapped in darkness, all people sunk in deep darkness, but God rises on you. His sunrise glory breaks over you. And I'm just encouraged by that voice, that, by that verse, because I know right now in a time where the world and the nation seem covered in darkness, it's a chance for God's people, believers in Christ to rise up and look different. And so I'm excited because I know um, even in finances that we can really choose to be more generous, choose to give more, choose to reach out to our community and see what we could do. Um, and not just in our COVID fund, but in our tithes and offering as well. I know I've been challenged to step it up and I would encourage you guys to just pray and ask God what you can do in this time. Um, right now we're going to get into praise and worship, which I'm so excited. I know our team is doing an amazing job and don't um, just sit back and spectate, but I encourage you to engage and raise your hands, sing with your kids, with your loved ones um, as we get into worship right now. Good morning and welcome to church. We are so excited to be leading worship and won't you join us? Come on and let's join heaven together and let's sing some praise.
chains undone. Sin defeated, Jesus is overcome. Mercy triumphed in the third day dawn. Darkness was denied when the stone was gone. Worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Jesus, 
Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, breathe, call these bones to live. Call these lungs to sing once again. I will praise Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear. Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. darkness tremble Jesus Jesus you silence fear Jesus Jesus you make the darkness tremble Jesus Jesus your name is a light that the shadows can't deny your name
sing this song together. I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I long to do. I give you praise For you are my righteousness I worship you, almighty God There is none like you Oh, let's sing it out Well, good morning once again, and welcome to Equippers at Home. My name is John Sparrow. I'm the lead pastor here at Equippers Central Coast, and, and it really does mean the world that you would uh, spend time with us this morning uh, from wherever you are tuning in from. I pray that you're blessed uh, through the worship, through the word, and more than anything, I pray that God speaks to you, that you encounter his love today uh, in a new and fresh way. And uh, I'm excited about the word, excited about the message this morning. I'm going to be uh, teaching on the compassion of God. Um, I have to give a bunch of credit to Pastor Steve Graham from our Auckland Church um, for preaching this word last weekend, and I, I combined it with some thoughts that I had. So I got to give credit where credit's due, so thanks, Steve. But um, I'm going to start by talking about the character of Moses, the, the, the man who, who is Moses, and he was responsible for leading a nation. And he gets to this moment, he has this dialogue with the Lord. Moses would go and he'd meet God uh, face to face. The Bible says that he would talk to him like he was talking to a friend. And I'm going to pick up Moses' dialogue with God in Exodus 33, starting in verse 12, and uh, continue through uh, chapter 34, verse 7 or so, if you want to follow along. Uh, says this, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I love what Moses says in response to God. He says this, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. 
How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you ask because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Verse 18 says this, Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So we see here in this encounter that Moses is longing for the glory of the Lord. And we often use that term as well. I wanna see the glory of the Lord. It's a, a term that's often connected to revival times. And you know that the glory of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea that's described in elsewhere in scripture. And, uh, but Moses asked for glory and God chose goodness. And he continues in this encounter by, by saying this to Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones and I'll write on them the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. Be ready in the morning, come up to Mount Sinai. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones and went up to Mount Sinai early in the morning as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried the two stone tablets in his hand. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord. The Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. And so this morning, I want to talk about the compassion of God. Um, we, we can often get caught up on the punishment of God, the, the him considering us guilty, and we can get caught up in that. But what's beautiful about this passage in Exodus 34, specifically verses 6 and 7, is that this is, uh, according to John Mark Comer, he wrote a book called God Has a Name, and, and he explains in his book that this passage in Exodus 34 is the most quoted scripture in scripture. And so like our modern translation would be like John 3.16. Like we, we, a lot of us would know John 3.16 if you've been around church for any amount of time. You know, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, whoever believes in him uh, might not perish, but have eternal life. And so that's what Exodus 34, six through seven was to those who were canonizing or, or writing the Bible. Uh, it, it was a term uh, that, that translated to the nature of God. It was foundational to who he was. And if, if they were gonna say anything to the people of God and being his messengers, it had to be on the foundation of this, that the Lord is compassionate and gracious. He, he's, he's slow to anger, and abounding in love. And we see it all throughout Psalms that, that David and the other psalmists would write about the, this compassionate and gracious God, that he, he's slow to anger, he's abounding in love, that, uh, that he, is, uh, he doesn't wage war the way that we wage war. He's compassionate and he's gracious. And so why would it be so important for these writers throughout scripture to make sure that, that, that we caught the grasp, the depth, the, the breadth of God's nature, that he's compassionate and gracious. It's because of this, um, A.W. Tozer says this so well, you may have heard this before, but he has this famous quote that says this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And so the most important thing about us is what we understand of the nature and the character 
of God. And we can gather from scripture and the theme throughout and what God declared to Moses. He said, write this in stone. Before I say anything in regards to commandments, before we go elsewhere, before we go anywhere, I wanna show you my goodness and I want you to understand that I am compassionate, I'm gracious, I'm slow to anger and I'm abounding in love. And you know, we, we see this um, in Jonah when, when Jonah comes to his senses and he said, God, I knew that you were compassionate compassionate. I knew you were gracious. And then ultimately, Jesus uh, is God in flesh. He embodies the nature of God, the character of God. He is, he is the fullness of God incarnate in flesh and bone who, who walked the earth. And we see this as a theme of his life that Jesus responded out of compassion. We, we read scriptures like this in Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 14, 14, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Matthew 15, 32, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have had nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. Matthew 20, 34, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. Jesus responded to the need of humanity with compassion. See, our God pays careful attention to what we need and responds out of his compassion, out of his gracious nature and his loving kindness and abounding love. And we, we know ultimately that whatever Jesus did, we're called to do also, that, that he was the example for how to be human. He was the example for how to live a full, abundant fulfilling, purposeful life. And so whatever Jesus embodied and whatever character that he manifested is what we're called to walk out in our life as well. And I don't know about you, but in times like this, I want change. Uh, I'm, I'm an Enneagram type one. <laughs> and if you've ever done the Enneagram uh, test, it's a, it's a personality test Enneagram type one is a person that's never satisfied and always wants change. And uh, it can be challenging to live as an Enneagram one because oftentimes um, nothing's ever good enough and you want things to be better. You, you want progression, you want change. And, and if there's ever a time I, I wanna see change, it's right now in these moments. And uh, you know, I, I want reformation, but I, I wanna submit a thought to you today and wherever you find yourself in this global pandemic and whatever life has thrown at you, I want to submit this thought that you cannot reform that which you do not first love. You cannot reform that which you first do not love. I was having uh, lunch recently, um, back when you could have lunch with people. I don't know if you remember that, but it was really cool when you could have lunch with people. And uh, I was having lunch with a politician and um, that's a funny sentence to hear myself say, but we were having lunch and uh, we were sitting next to each other and, you know, our chairs were right next to each other. And, and he was just explaining, you know, his campaign and, and uh, he's a great man. He's a Christian man and explaining how the Lord had led him to a place in, in politics. And, uh, but sort of midway through, after explaining sort of the problem with millennials and in, in the next generation, and he, he looks directly at me, a millennial, and he says, you know, I really don't like millennials. I thought, oh, <laughs> it's going to be really hard to reform, to bring change 
to bring true lasting impact to a demographic a people and a scenario that you don't first love. See, lovers will always outdo workers. <laughs> and you can have all the frustration, you can have all the tension build up, you can have all this passion to see reformation, to see change, but unless it comes from a motive of love, you will burn out. You'll be worn out. It won't take you to go the extra mile. What love does is love helps you to see the God in people. Love helps you to see the potential in all things. It helps you to see past the human manifestation of brokenness directly to God's creative order in humanity that everyone is made on purpose. They're intentional in the image of God. And so lovers will always work harder than doers will ever will. And you can't reform that which you don't first love. And uh, it's challenging right now in this moment in history to first operate from a place of compassion and love because there's so many different angles, so many different approaches. And, you know, just this week is, you know, some stuff is starting to surface and there's this feeling of unrest among people of opening the economy and rushing back into life and back to normal. And I'm not educated enough to really know the solution. And I personally don't know anybody who is, but I personally, um, hear some of these comments and things and say, well, you know, there's only 4% of people that are dying. And, you know, of those 4%, it's people who have, you know, compromised immune systems. And I myself have a daughter with a compromised immune system. And so I'm saying, so this is okay, but it's going to cost me my kid. Or, you know, how how do we reconcile this (laughs) for someone in my situation where someone on the other side, which I completely understand, you know, their business is at risk that, you know, their lives and their livelihoods are are at stake. And, And so there's this wide spectrum of the way people are approaching this. But can I just bring this thought to you today that maybe our first response, whatever it may be, would be out of compassion, that it would be out of grace, that it would be abounding in love and I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Beautifully said. And I'm reminded of of the story of Hosea in scripture. Hosea was a prophet and it is the most wild, offensive story probably in all of scripture. Basically what happens is this. Hosea is a prophet. He's designed to be the mouthpiece of God. And God comes to him, speaks to him. He said, I want you to personify what's going on with me and my people, Israel. I want you to be the the living example and show everyone really what this is about, what's happening here. And so he tells Hosea, I want you to go marry a woman who will be unfaithful to you. More than that, I'm gonna ask you to go marry someone, have children with her. And then after you guys have kids and you're expecting to establish a family, she's gonna go and sell herself to the sex trade. She's gonna turn into a prostitute. She's gonna roam the streets and have many lovers. But I want you to be faithful to her, Hosea. And and worst thing about this, her name was Gomer. (laughs) And so Hosea stays faithful to Gomer. And in chapter three, we see that, that Gomer has gone out and found other lovers, that she has sold herself in prostitution. And, and God speaks to Jose and he says, go find your wife, go chase after her, find her and remind her that you will be faithful to her, bring her home and restore her unto yourself. And it's a 
amazing picture of God's love towards Israel, although Israel went and ran after other idols and entangled themselves with the issues and the affairs of this world and started to exalt other things above the name of God and his righteousness, that God was still passionate about his children, Israel. And he, he, he wraps it up in Hosea 11, verses one through nine. He says this, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son, but the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to Baal and they burned incense to images. It was I who taught Ephraim how to walk, taking them by the arms, but they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek and I bent down to feed them. Will they not return to Egypt and will not Assyria rule over them because they refuse to repent? A sword will flash in their cities. It will devour their false prophets and put an end to their plans. My people are determined to turn away from me. Even though they call me God most high, I will be by no means be exalted by them. How can I give you up Ephraim? How can I hand you over Israel? How can I treat you like Adma? How can I make you like Zeboam? Here it is, my heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I devastate Ephraim again, for I am God and not a man. The Holy One among you, I will not come against their cities. Basically, God is saying this. I can't follow through with my anger because my compassion won't let me. (laughs) I wanted to respond in a certain way, I really did because of the betrayal, because you've gone off and worshiped other gods before me, because you have broken the covenant, because you have broken the commandments. My anger started to rise up, but I actually couldn't act on my anger because my compassion wouldn't let me. He said that his compassion was aroused and his heart changed and he wasn't able to follow through because his compassion wouldn't let him. And he says, you know, I'm God and I'm not a man the Holy One among you. And we have to understand that God's ways are not our ways. And by him being holy, it means that his motive towards you is completely pure. <laughs> it's true, it's, it's pure motive towards his people. And so he's not able to act in anger because his compassion, it just wouldn't let him. And uh, here's the thing, God made me live this out this week. And my prayer is that he makes you live this out this week as well. My, my prayer for you is that you're so dissatisfied with every waking moment of your day until you choose to forgive, until you choose to rid yourself of animosity towards your brother, towards your sister, towards the family of God or those outside the walls of your home. I, I pray that you are incredibly dissatisfied and that God takes you on a journey in his compassion and his grace and his love towards humanity, whether someone believes like you do, whether they look like you, sound like you, think like you, I pray that God takes you on a journey to have great compassion as he has had compassion on us. And uh, I just wanna remind you that we are to be people that are marked by compassion, marked by his presence, which, which he defines as his goodness that we would be identified as Moses actually, what, what's gonna set us apart? What's gonna make me any different than anyone else unless your presence goes with us and what God shows as his glory 
is his goodness. I'll, I'll distinguish you by my goodness, by my compassion, my grace, my abounding love. May you be slow to anger in all your affairs with humankind. And I, I love this in James 1.21. This is the message version. It's said so well. It says, so throw all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener God landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. I don't know about you, but I want my life to be a salvation garden. The best word we can use for salvation is, is life, new life. That new life would spring forth as we let our gardener God prune away spoiled virtue and cancerous evil. And we just humble ourselves and say, God, would you make the crooked thing straight in my life? Would you make a stream in the wilderness in my life? Would you make me in your character and your nature compassionate, gracious, and abounding in love? Because I think it's exactly what the world needs in these moments. And I, I wanna remind you more than anything that God is compassionate, he's gracious towards you. The Bible says that while you have no use to God, while you are actually an enemy to God, that he still chose to die for you. See, his game plan for reformation was extravagant love. He looked at the stone heart of humanity and said, if that's ever gonna change, it has to be through sacrificial love. He, he, he embodied this idea that you can't reform that which you do not love. And so he went to the furthest extent by sacrificing his one and only son. He, he, he so loved the world to that extent that he gave what meant most to him, that he would simply have his people back as Hosea chased after Gomer. So God chased after us in his loving kindness and his faithfulness, his compassion and his grace towards humanity. And so... This morning, I, I don't know where you find yourself and what you're making of this message today when you ponder the compassion and the grace of God. Maybe there's some of you tuning in today that have never heard God in this light. Maybe you've always erred on the, on the side that God is displeased with you, that, that you are guilty, that you, are, you should have shame, that you should be considered not fit for use, that God would never entertain the thought of being in relationship with someone like you. But can I remind you that he chases after you as Hosea chased after Gomer. And I don't know what idols you've been chasing. I don't know what false pleasures you've been running after and what you've tried to consume your life with. But today God is near with his compassion and his grace, ready to embrace you and remind you of his faithfulness towards you, wherever you find yourself. And what I, what I want to do today is um, I want to pray a prayer with you. And specifically, I want to pray with anybody tuning in today that wants to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. See, there's only one way to the Father, but I believe there's a million ways towards Jesus. And I don't know how you tuned into this message today. It could have been a million ways that brought you onto YouTube or Facebook or wherever your friend invited you today. Uh, but there's only one way to the Father, and that's through His Son, Jesus Christ, by accepting Him as your Lord and Savior, by confessing Him as Lord of your life. And what happens is, is we just pray a simple prayer. And according to, according to Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we'll be saved. We could use that term, we'll be entered into new life. And scripture also tells us that we'll become a new creation, that the old is gone, the new would come, and we'd be restored in perfect relationship with our Father who's in heaven. 
and it's the only thing that will satisfy us in the depths of our soul and give us eternal life. And so if that's you today, if you wanna make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, um, I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer after me and mean it with, your, with, with all that you are. And as you confess your mouth and believe in your heart, I believe that you will be saved, that you'll enter into new life. And maybe not everything around you is gonna change, but I, I, I guarantee you, God will start to do a mighty work from the inside out in your life. And so if that's you, if you're praying this prayer, maybe it's the first time, maybe it's the hundredth time that you've decided to recommit your life to Jesus Christ, would you pray with me this morning? Repeat after me. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Today I repent. I simply turn towards you and I ask for your forgiveness. I thank you for your compassion, your grace, and your abounding love towards me. I trust you with my past. I trust you with my present. God, I look to you for my future. I thank you that you make all things new. From this day forward, I confess you, Lord, of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, hey! if you just prayed that prayer for the first time or, or if you decided to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, I'm gonna ask you to do something really bold. If you're watching on Facebook, send us a direct message and just say, hey, I, I prayed that prayer. Is the best thing you could do is enter into a community where people would go on the journey with you that we're not meant to do this faith walk alone. It's meant to be done with fellow believers. You're not just saved into Christ. You're saved into a family. And if you're watching on YouTube, please send us uh, a message. Go to uh, quippercc.com slash prayer, fill out that quick form and someone will reach out and uh, be bold today. Reach out. And uh, I, I just am so expectant to see what God might do in your life. And and for those who who, who are Christians walking watching this, I, I ask you to go on the journey this week of compassion, uh, that you would let the gardener God remove from you all that doesn't belong and that we would really shine in these moments of people of love, of grace, of compassion, uh, that we wouldn't wage war as the world wages war, but we would choose to eliminate evil and overcome the darkness with our light and our love. It's only found in the purity of Jesus Christ. And uh, thank you so much for joining us once again for Equippers at Home. Uh, this is, it's a fun season. It's an interesting season. I know for a lot of people, it's a trying season, but whatever it is for you, I know God is in this, that uh, he's using this to, to beautify his bride, his church. And I just believe, like I keep saying, that we're gonna come out of this better than we came into it, uh, that God's purposes and plans are being fulfilled. Matter of fact, God is not dependent on a Sunday morning, morning gathering in person for his kingdom to come on the Central Coast as it is in heaven. And uh, so let's lean in together for all God has for us in this season. We're gonna continue to listen and respond and, and be compliant with the, the state's recommendation, our, our county's recommendation on how we should gather and when we should gather. We've chosen that as our posture to honor those in authority and to really be mindful of those who are weaker among us because that's what scripture tells us to do. Jesus said, there's no greater love than you'd lay down your life for your, brother, for your friends. And so for those who are weaker among us, we're choosing to lay down our preference in our lives. And uh, so thank you and continue to tune in just as we make decisions and, and go about the next steps as a church. But uh, hey, one thing, 
just as we end today, when Moses had that encounter, it goes on to say that it invoked worship in him, that he came away from those encounters and he worshiped God. And one thing I, I long for, and I pray that you would go after in your house, with your family, by yourself, wherever you are, is, is worship. Uh, maybe respond this morning with moments of worship. You can you know, replay to our worship set, maybe find something on YouTube, maybe sing your own song, maybe read through the Psalms and just worship God in your house out of his awe. And that's really how we're transformed into his likeness is when we behold him. And so love you so much. Um, tune in Thursday for uh, Equipper's Voices. We'll be interviewing someone every Thursday who's part of our church and look out for our emails on Monday, Thursday, Sunday. And uh, share this with a friend. Invite them to watch however you would like. But love you so much, church. Talk to you soon. 